0: Hello and welcome back to Tarara la Cosa. How have you been? It's been a bit. But it's you know been what? a g- bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving you we're giving you a double feature if you watch this at the same time, but we'll, we'll get to that soon. Either way, hello. How have you been? Welcome. Are you enjoying this? We hope you are. We're having lots of fun. Did we you are. see episode 2? Episode 2 is great. Season it's 2 really is good. even better. And that's the entire premise of episode two. Season two rocks. But season three. Mm. Oh. Three is the magic number, and we're going to talk about it. Let's get to it. <laughs>
1: everyone welcome to film talk a podcast where two gals talk film television and everything in between the reels i'm your host elena melendez and i'm here joined today by my ever so lovely co-host miss josie melendez and we are back with Rara la cosa and we are clearly very enthusiastic and passionate about discussing what i think we can agree as peak stranger things stranger things season
0: three the freaky season, as I keep calling it, in our <laughs> show <dope>. notes. <laughs> we the have show episode, notes now. Not sponsored by Gwyneth Paltrow. Ew. But. Uh... <laughs> but season no. three. Season three. Let's talk about. It. Eleven is her most powerful this season.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She snapped. It, she snapped, and she snapped a little too hard. Let's talk about yeah. it. <laughs> I think. Um, first impressions going back into season three you've seen this i don't know how you know 69 times by now
0: yes (laughs) season three i rewatched it i think two to three times when it first came out
1: jesus christ because
0: i couldn't accept (laughs) hopper was gone yeah. And a part of me was like, no, he's not. We didn't see a body. So it's like very obvious when you look back. Spoilers if you haven't seen season <laughs> three, but you're here. If you're
1: so. if you're here, <laughs> I would hope
0: you already watch like watch season three. I would hope. If or you have or at least we hope that this has inspired you to watch the seasons, because I know there are a lot of people that stopped at season one, which I get, but also I'm judging you. But that's a whole other conversation. Either way, Cool regardless. motive, still rude. Um. Regardless, I didn't believe Hopper was dead. And oh. looking back, there are a lot of we get a clue. We get a mid-credit scene. Yeah. Season three again snapped. We got a mid-credit scene. I know. Um, Literally, what tease. a month after Endgame. Yeah.
1: Avengers no. <laughs> Endgame same year, bro. <laughs> Twenty nineteen. So many.
0: Yeah. No, but they teased so many times that he was alive, and then we got that clip in the middle of the pandemic because, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, The season got delayed and all that jazz. But yeah, it's an intense season. Um, Comps just to get them out of the way because I just love how we take from. It's just, as you mentioned earlier, it's quintessentially the 80s.
1: I think, yeah, I think season three is the most 80s, like, jam-packed aesthetic and culture season that we've had so far.
0: Like, even including season four. Yeah, season, seasons one and two like had 80s culture, of course, because it's set in that time. But season three takes from the aesthetic that is that became so quote-unquote famous from that decade. Mm-hmm. It was that's also like the, the mid-80s. Fashion. It was like right yeah, exactly. at that midpoint. The fashion, the culture, that's what most people like when they think about the 80s. They think what we see in season three. So mm-hmm. I think that's why it's also... So easy to just relate to it in that sense, because it's what's usually presented to us the most.
1: And what's really interesting, and especially for us kids that are like, and that (coughs) the cusp of the born at the, uh, at the tail end of the 90s, a lot of us still, even in the early 2000s, still lived that mall culture. And, you know, if you come from smaller towns, those malls were still basically back in the 80s in 2003, 2004. Um, So being able to relive um, that that vibe, that era, that aesthetic, um, seeing these malls that you kind of grew up with, I guess, in their prime, when they were just like shiny and new was really, really yeah. fun to get back into. So I think that that setting that is so detailed and and just really fun, it, it I think is what really, really set season three apart for me. Aside from the story, obviously.
0: Yeah, because I mean we we still grew up in that mall culture in the late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, I remember those freaking Mary Kate and Ashley Oh, my God. that's what used to do. Dude. <laughs> so like, mall culture. It was still alive well back then. Oh, yeah. Um, still going to Claire's. As ta- yeah. As we talked with Daryl on our episode of Morenita, yes. go check it out, please. But it's We will like link now, it down below. Yeah. Mall culture has changed a lot now as we're trying to be like more conscious of fast fashion mm-hmm. and just the way that we consume. Because mm-hmm. mall culture is all about consumerism, and that's what yep. um, this season definitely tackles with uh the mall culture and a little bit about it like of course the season tackles small town america versus the mall in corporate america mm-hmm. and just how these these entities these malls are trying to like colonize in other ways since we can't take Um, territory let's take your wallet and that's really what the episode is the season is also about capitalism versus consumerism which also just leads me to think that i think the season was their most political but it's not surprising considering it came out in 2019 right it was literally the year before the elections
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i think what's really interesting about the season and i'm not saying that it is without issues obviously because it is set in a like at the height of the reagan bush era <laughs> yeah,
0: 1985 Mary klein, klein played by let me give him his love carrie elwes who is in the Press yes his Bride. yes reagan vibes <laughs> right no there.
1: he's literally the shots that they they did with him like being like that um, like that super power hungry republican mm-hmm. <laughs> politician i'm like this dude's trying to be bush like Bush yeah. senior like it's it's giving that vibe and they definitely planted him as that figure um for a reason so it it everything obviously as we've seen in previous season has been extremely intentional um, whether it be something as obvious as like a monster or something as like a little bit more subtle as um, the political figures in this, because we we are also at like the height of the red scare in, mm-hmm. in this whole setting in this era. And then this is like the first time that we actually though it's been spoken of like this unseen force through conversation between season one and two, we've actually get to put a face to, you know, that red scare that everyone's always talking about. You know, Soviet Russia always liked threatening to attack the United States. Red Dawn is also referenced here um, by Dustin, I believe. So it's just something that really kind of ups the stakes of the show but also i think criticizes but at the same time either in Unintentionally or intentionally, kind of really plays into those like conservative stereotypes because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it is very patriotic, it is very pro American. Oh, yeah.
0: It's the July <laughs> fourth season, yeah. It's like fourth of July prime. I remember I don't celebrate the fourth of July because Neither well are a colony, but I do remember just for the sake of the season, it came out on the fourth of July, I was alone. I was living, I was doing my master's. I think that's why I I keep this season a little bit closer to my heart. Right. It it was that comfort for me while I was living on my own, doing my master's degree, Mm -hmm. MFA squad, let's go. (laughs) And I just wanted to feel the way I felt with the other two seasons, even though like season two, I watched it during Maria. So that's, you know, things are happening.
1: But yeah, I
0: bought, I bought Eggos. I bought the Stranger Things Coca-Cola cans, even though I don't drink Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. I got hot dogs and I was like, let me let me make a little day out of this just to yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, you made an event out on the 4th of July and there were like fireworks in Savannah. So, it, you know, I, I wanted it to feel a little bit bigger because honestly, the season is bigger than the ones we had gotten prior.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the each season does make an effort to up the stakes because it also like ups the budget. <laughs> They're like, oh, we have more money. We can do more with it. Um, but the jump from season one to two um, was not as much of a stretch like it it, like it improved i guess visually Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a total change season three goes off the rails visually but in a good way like they really said okay we can make something you can up the stakes we can make something larger scale we have the budget now um let's expand let's internationalize hawkins but without leaving Mm -hmm. hawkins and i think that's season three's strength because we do stay in hawkins
0: But we bring in an external –
1: it is still self-contained, but we do bring in um, a foreign, like, antagonist. We have an external force aside from the Upside Down.
0: Because we brought it in instead of taking it out, which we'll discuss in season four. But um, there's also the fact that it has its own identity. We were talking Mm -hmm. about this earlier that you mentioned, like, the color palette. It's the most colorful
1: yes it is it is literally rainbow sci-fi it is technicolor (laughs) all around especially in that season finale um which we'll get into a little bit but it's just so i love the use of the neon lights um everything just looking so electrically vibrant well, the, even the, the scenes where they're in the in the movie theater the scenes when they're in the russian base like i think everything just has so much life to it which is so totally the opposite of where, what, what we're used to seeing from seasons one and two they were very grungy they were very dark very gray but still very very well presented but because of the relationship with the upside down in those seasons there wasn't really a lot of i guess opportunity for them to use color but since we don't actually go into the upside down in this season this the upside down is i guess the mall in this case mm-hmm. they're like lighted up bitch
0: yeah. <laughs> literally literally which just yeah which just brings it back to the 80s aesthetic we have great production design which um fun fact about the mall it was an abandoned mall that they just repurposed and turned into an entirely like actual mall and now it's closed mm-hmm. and you can't go in it or anything it was self-contained very specific location so within hawkins it still feels not as small and humble to say yeah. a season one but again as opposed to season four where we go off the rails but again we'll get into that later um a few yeah. nods that I do want to give is we get like Weird Al references with Mr. Clark opening his garage with my, his shorts my, 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 <laughs> but we also get Madonna so anyways Weird Al streaming on, <laughs> <Roku>. <laughs> streaming on the Roku channel for free by the way yeah so get to watching because honestly I wasn't as familiar with Weird Al until I knew he existed obviously and I knew yeah. of his impact but like Weird Al, the, like weird the Al Yankovic story changed everything. Now I couldn't see the season the same way. So please yeah. watch that. It's great. We saw it at Tiff. We'll, la- well link the review down, <laughs> down below as well. But yeah, so like yes. that reference, we also get um,
1: just. I love to see Scott Clark <laughs> come back yes. in. He's I think he's great. so charismatic. I think he's great. Even if he was only there for like one episode, I think it was still really, really nice to see him again. Um, and aside from. From the 80s aesthetic as well, we get to see more of cinema. We get to see more of the cinematic culture from the 80s. We get to see, you know, season three is very much giving the thing. It's very much giving um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You pointed out something that I hadn't thought of when I first saw it, um, but I totally agree with those last few episodes. Jurassic Park.
0: Yes, Jurassic Park. Very much a big creature feature. Alien with facehuggers.
1: Yes, and the mm. xenomorph like shape of the the mind Flayer. I think again this season just really just says let's up the ante, Which but with also, staying
0: focused. Yeah, because that also means it's the goriest season. Oh yeah, ups the ante on the gore. Um, don't watch this let's... while you're eating breakfast because we both I did that. I made that mistake that first time I watched it because, again, I had waffles and I started it. I was like, ooh, season four, let's go. And then the rats start exploding and I'm like- Oh, season three. Like, season three, yeah. The rats start exploding? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, wow, my waffles.
1: But... <laughs> Just staring at your syrup-soaked waffles like, hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyways, delicioso. This is speaking of rats and explosions, Billy Hargrove. The villain. Nasty. <laughs> people, people people, sympathize a lot with Billy. And I, even rewatching the season, I'm still like, why? No. I get it. People we like see to- his background. <laughs> we see his upbringing, but still. Cool motive. Still a racist abuser. Season two, they made him so unredeemable in season two for me. Mm-hmm. That That's not like he season, tried to redeem himself in season three either. <laughs> it's like... No, I felt bad for him because that mind flare is a sick fuck, as we learn in season four <laughs> with, <laughs> with freaking Vecna. We find out motivations and shit, but still like having still. that in your head, I get it. You see Will with his spidey senses the entire f- third season. spidey senses, that's true. It's true. We see him the entire third season just traumatized. Like, I remember the first comparison that came into my head, seeing his fear. Because, again, mm-hmm. Noah Schnapp is just such a good actor. Mm-hmm. It's like when an abusive partner comes back into your life. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what he was giving. And to have that inside Billy Harger, I'm like, you poor soul. And then he freaking helps it infect the entire town. And again, that's where Invasion of the Body Snatchers comes in. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying, but as a character, hated him. Now, Deacon Montgomery (laughs) as an actor... As an actor, he put everything into it. He was intense.
1: (laughs) He is. No, even in season two, in season three, I think he really just kind of dominates every single scene that he's in because he is, Mm -hmm. he knows how to be that intimidating force, quite honestly. So to the point that whenever I see him in other things, like we saw him recently in Elvis, it's just so Mm. weird not to see him try to be intimidating It's really off-putting to see him be nice because he's just so good at just like... He
0: did a rom-com and I haven't seen it. I've been curious, but I haven't seen it because I'm like, he did a rom-com and apparently got good reviews. I think it was produced by Selena Gomez. I was unaware of this. He did a rom com. I have not seen it. Because I have can to only see it. See, eventually I think he'll be able to grow out of the Billy Hargrove essence because I mean right. he was in Power Rangers. I think he did that first. Oh my god, he did. <laughs> yes. But Power Rangers,
1: I try I saw that in the movie mm-hmm. theater and I try to forget it every day.
0: I haven't seen it. It's I bad. remember Becky G was in it. Becky G was in it, it, mama. I wanted to support our lady that gave us singing in the shower. I had to support, Sing but I didn't. In the shower. Wow. <laughs> Som- someday I will. But when um, Dakin Montgomery got cast in season uh, three, no, season two, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, who is this? And then Hope I saw Power St- Rangers. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, let's see. He was and then cute he was the Power worst Rangers. character ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. But it's like, ooh, an attractive individual on Stranger Things? Wait. He's either a love interest or a villain. Yes.
0: But again, reeling it back in intense yeah. really good role i think again despite my feelings towards the character dica montgomery gave everything he could yeah and he left it all on the star court mall floor
1: he really did honestly and then you know what i think he got what he deserved but mm-hmm. i think his one redemption was and i think that's all that mattered really was max's sympathy it didn't really I... matter anybody else
0: I think that's why I'm still confused because season four, she's just so depressed because of his loss, which it is traumatizing. Seeing the way that he died, it was horrible. Yeah, nasty. But I still like the way he treated her. I still can't get around it. But I, I mean, we in a way. we'll
1: get into it with season four's mm-hmm. discussion. But I understand her to uh, in the sense that, and really, she wasn't really. She was depressed because she didn't feel depressed that he died. She wanted him to die, like, deep down, and that scared her.
0: Maybe, because he does, like, Vecna does bring that out to her. So we shall see. We'll get into it. We'll get to that. We're getting into (laughs) it.
1: But honestly, yeah, yeah. I think um, Max crying over him at the end, because, again, like, she does, it is still her older brother as abusive Mm -hmm. as he was and and that's also like I guess uh, a really interesting point um, to not forget with abusive relationships especially if you're like in an abusive relationship with a family member there is Mm -hmm. like still that part of you that doesn't want like harm, like true harm to to come to them despite you know everything that they've done and and I don't know I think that Max also has As rough and tumble as she is, as tough as she tries to be, she has a very big heart, and she really, really cares about those around her, even if they haven't been the nicest to her. She just doesn't want – she just wants things to be okay, like all the kids in Stranger Things. They just want to be normal kids. And to see that happen – um, right in front of her and then have to relive it over and over again. I'm sure she didn't want to be depressed when that happened. No. But yeah, it's just, it was a choice. It was a choice that we'll get into. But yeah. Speaking I think of Max. Max, Sadie Sink. Boys get into girls. it.
0: This yes. is the season of Boys vs. Girls I mean, it's feeding into the, ew, boys are gross narrative. Because we, we're also seeing them grow up. They're going yeah. through growing pains in, in the awkward stage. Mm-hmm. People are coupled up. Yep. Just, uh, Will is kind of weirded out by it because Will is the outcast. And we see it kind of has its spotlight for a mm-hmm. moment. But then as everything gets worse and the, we confirm the mind flare is back, it changes, but for a moment, that's the big dynamic. We have yep. Nancy with Jonathan and their problems, especially her with her job, because mm-hmm. Jonathan really isn't supporting her the way that he should or believing her. But she's also not supporting him the way that he needs to. Yeah, I mean, she kept walking into the to the Just photography room and ruining his work. the red <laughs> room. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, we have the red room, the 11, dark
1: room. Jesus, the dark
0: room. <laughs> <laughs> it was red. Yeah, we have Mike and Eleven. Uh, I dump your ass. Iconic. Honestly, um,
1: honestly, which gives
0: this Max and Eleven. I love we see her grow. it. I they love read that Wonder Woman.
1: Dude, I remember when I saw that scene for the first time. Like them actually like becoming friends and supporting each other. And when Max shows Eleven Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman comic, first time I saw it, I'm like, I'm crying. Second time I saw it, oh, I'm crying again. No, because it's just so sweet. Because again, Eleven, Eleven's world and everyone around her has been aggressively masculine it has been aggressively yeah. male she has been in this bubble which like i feel for her because like i've been there done that it, it happens and it's really so freeing when you finally do develop like a, a good friendship or relationship with another woman and it's just there's really nothing like it and then all of a sudden 11 is actually allowing herself to grow and become her own person. And I don't know. I feel like that was just so necessary to happen in this particular season. And it's really kind of sad that we don't really get to see that as much in season four, but we'll get into that afterwards. But I really, I really do hope that season three, um, like their, their friendship dynamic does like survive um, by the end of the show. But I really love that. I think that was just such an awesome... The, the fucking... The the shopping spree, the makeover, that whole... Yeah. Um, that whole montage, again, going back to mall culture, is just so... It's just so fun. And yeah, you could yeah. argue, oh, we're not actually getting to the meat of it, where there's no plot here. But at the same time, the point of Stranger Things is not to... It's not 100% about... It's not about overwhelming you with all this sci-fi shit you know it is Mm -hmm. very character driven and some of us actually like seeing these characters interact and grow and they're funny i think it's genuinely funny
0: yeah also the strong point of season three is that it builds up deliciously oh yeah you start going through these things and like from the beginning you're seeing everything like piling up and the dominoes being set for them to fall in a chain sequence literally (laughs) but so we are seeing all of the sinister shit happen in the background but it's taking you by the hand gently Mm -hmm. because shit's about to go down the last episode is intense so i really do like that they do take their time with this season and it doesn't like it doesn't lag it's not slow it's just the right amount
1: no I, th- I just really found myself thoroughly engaged here. perhaps I was even more engaged here or not more engaged, but perhaps more consistently engaged here than in season two as fun and good season two is it's it is mm-hmm. definitely a slower season i won't I won't deny that um but I don't know. I feel like the duffer brothers and and the writers room in general just kind of really reflected on the first two seasons and said okay how can we perfect the formula and I feel like they really really nail it here um so that's why I again I that's why I really think that this is just peak Stranger Things even though oh
0: yeah
1: even though pe- people may disagree but I I really enjoyed it I think if I were to ever rewatch Stranger Things I would just continue to re-watch season three
0: because it's yeah. it's good it's really good And you know what else that's really good that season three gives us? Jopper. Oh. Robin. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Jopper. Jopper, yes. But that's more like a season four thing, though. We will discuss them in this season. But um, let's talk about queerness.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Because Um, you know what? Sorry. But. We get, we keep digging into the queerness of the characters, especially with mm-hmm. Will. Will's our like our, you know, queer token um, up until this point. Yeah. And when Mike is like, it's not my fault you don't like girls. I was like, I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I no,
0: will. Season, if I see they...
1: Mike on the street, it's freaking on <laughs> sight. So no, then we get they Robin. Kept,
0: they kept denying it. But in season three, snapped because it's more obvious and even though they kept saying like i don't know there were it's they they were so weird when it came to well but it was so obvious from the beginning from season one we could see it and Mm -hmm. this season you can't say something like that and not expect us to be like yes he's queer i mean it's been there since season one now the difference is that i'm not excusing the duffer brothers But it makes more sense to get it quicker from Robin that's a new character than Will because Robin is in high school. She's had more time to think this through and Will has been in a weird dynamic where his friends haven't been able... I mean, there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on. So he hasn't been able to think that through. He got abducted by a freaking Demogorgon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Things are happening.
0: Just really busy. (laughs) So in that sense... Robin is more self-assured as a person, as we see in the season. She already yeah. knows who she likes, and
1: mm-hmm. she knows
0: who she wants to love, and that's not Steve. <laughs> She's also and older. The... She's mm. also
1: had exactly. the time to actually reflect and explore and accept um, that part of herself. And that's obviously not the same journey for everyone else, because mm-hmm. Will Will is like been pushed take, can, really yeah. deep into the closet. It can
0: take years. It can take years for you mm-hmm. to figure your sexuality out and it's a spectrum it changes it's fluid um so it's understandable now when looking at these two characters i understand why they did this with robin but also mm-hmm. robin wasn't always supposed to be queer it was maya Hawk's suggestion which yes. I absolutely love because robin was originally written as a love interest for steve and you can see it throughout the season and i'm glad they left it as it was but they still added the change because it's a
1: plot twist because of it, course Steve's going to like her. She's awesome.
0: but She's awesome, but also it was the whole dynamic of Dustin telling him that he should give her a chance. And it's mm-hmm. Steve going through this whole journey where he's realizing that the things that he cared about before aren't things that he really cared about. He just thought he needed to. So mm-hmm. it's just this whole thing. And... It gives us one of my favorite friendships on the show because I love them together. And the fact that they stick together by the end of the season because he's the first person that she can be herself with and he yeah. doesn't judge her. And then they just bond over girls. It's great. I love them. And I love just it. Singing. like He wasn't even upset that she liked girls. It's the fact that she had bad taste. <laughs>
1: yes! It's so true. See, that's She sounds ally. like a Muppet. <laughs> that is an ally. He's like... He's not men, It's like, oh my god, you're gay. No, it was more like, her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you know what? That's a real one. I respect mm-hmm. that. You know, sometimes, sometimes we slip, and we have to have someone to catch us slipping. <laughs> but I love that rapport. I love that dynamic between them, and it's just it's so. That, scenes. that bathroom scene. So thing. good. Everyone loved it. It's it was so good. good. It was
0: well written. It was so well written.
1: The dialogue is really just wicked sharp in this season, mm-hmm. I feel like. It is some of their best dialogue. I think that you get some of the best quotes here as well. It's just, I again, there is this attention to detail um, narratively that, I don't know, I feel like perhaps people were just ch- still looking for another season one. And I don't think that's something to really strive for with this show.
0: It's constantly reinventing itself.
1: Mm -hmm. It's just it's it's this constant evolution because the show does also act like the upside down. Yeah, This show is Vecna. The show is literally just like, like, okay, this is we've done this. This was a success. This was a failure. Let's do this. Let's do this. Because imagine if we just got, you know, if it's a five season run and we just got five season ones. You feel me? It would have gotten old and people would have been saying the same thing. That's what happened with, um, I haven't seen it in years, but I feel like that's also what happened with the walking dead. Like the walking Mm -hmm. dead was like trying to grow, but also still like so hung up on trying to replicate the magic of season one. And it just really like the walking dead has been on air for far too long. The walking dead is like, I I'm, I'm, not to sidetrack, but I would just yeah. like the the <laughs> the point to be driven. <laughs> the Walking Dead is the drama zombie apocalypse of Grey's Anatomies. Yes. It's just Grey's Anatomy but with zombies. (laughs) And my point with that analogy is, is that Stranger Things actively avoids um, that trap, falling into that trap that I think The Walking Dead fell into. Though, yes, they're they're different shows, but I feel like, I don't know, it's just hard to do good sci-fi horror in a long-term series and still have it feel fresh.
0: So that's the thing. I remember when this season came out, we were like, a lot of people thought it was gonna end here because I think it was supposed Mm. to be only three seasons then it was gonna be four now they're doing five so when this season came out I remember the Duffer brothers saying something along the lines of it has to end soon because there's only so many times you can justify all of this weird stuff happening in Hawkins someone's gonna notice (laughs) yeah so I'm glad they're finally leaving it at five especially the way season four ended people are gonna notice (laughs)
1: Oh, but, yeah.
0: Yeah. But reeling it back in. Um, <laughs> Last couple I wanted us to talk about is, of course, Jopper. I, I, I got ahead. I got ahead on myself. <laughs> the reason that I live. The reason that I we breathe. It. Honestly. <laughs>
1: delicious. Scrum just Just mm-hmm. uh, the slowest I mean, of burns that I will just get on a stadium seat. Just a hot bleacher with with hot pants on <laughs> with the shorts on and burn my thighs for just would, to watch I
0: would, I would rather sit
1: on a hot grill I would rather sit naked on a hot grill hot than grill not than have Jopper, not <laughs> have Jopper honestly you know, you know what I think Jopper Nancy and Jonathan in season 2 had like that slow burn mm-hmm. but it was like it felt like a rehearsal for the real OTP of the show to come because- in in season 3
0: because Joyce and Hopper have been a thing since season one. And I was there like, when is this happening? When is this happening? In season two, you have Bob and you're like, ah, but then you like Bob. And <laughs> but then, then you like and Bob. Then, and then in and the end, then, and then, and then, and Bob is gone. So Hopper is there for her. And it's like, you see them and it's like, there's mm-hmm. something there. He's always liked her. He's always had a thing for her. They were friends in high school.
1: Mm-hmm. Or at least they knew
0: each other. They were friendly around each other. They were in the same circles. And then mm-hmm. in this season, I mean, number one. David Harbour is acting his ass off because he was going to have that grand finale in this season. And he was, like, acting his art out. He was putting his all, and he was exaggerating a lot of the time and just Mm -hmm. giving these very, like, explosive moments throughout his performance.
1: He was really expressive, and I think he just really tapped into um, Hopper's temper Mm
0: -hmm. in a really,
1: really, really good way because at least in season three... Hopper really actually has still grown as a character. It's not that he can't control his temper anymore, but mm-hmm. he becomes sharper. He's smarter, he's learned. He's he's tired of being made a fool of, basically. And yeah. I think just that whole scene with him and Alexi in the in Murray's um, hideaway. Mm-hmm. when when he kicks Alexi out and he gives him the car keys and everything because he knows like he's actually already it's analyzed the situation scene. it is such a good scene you know it's hopper is at his most confident here but he's also at his most you know explosive and angry because Joyce you know refuses to move on and he's she's he's angry that He wants to be with Joyce, but Joyce refuses to let herself be happy or, like, actually move Mm -hmm. on. He's not – she's not doing it at the pace that he feels like and that frustrates him. And, you know, at the very least – but he's still – Despite his frustration, still respects her space in a way. Mm. As annoying and infuriating as he may be with her, um, especially after the whole stand, you know standing him up at Enzo's, going to Scott Clark mm. Scott Clark's house instead. You know, it's it's
0: just he's so macho in esta temporada. It, just but getting it's, so mad because mm. it's like, oh, Mr. Scott Clark, is that your new boyfriend? Oh, what about that? He, he, acts like a like a he acts like yeah.
1: a teenager. He acts like a teenager here with his dad bod and his little but colorful cutting edge button-up shirt i love hopper is at his prime here okay hopper people started realizing david harbour as jim hopper was hot in season three i would like the record to show i was like oh my god he's hot and i'm like girl i've been here
0: he's been hot we've but also been like- here In season two, I love how at the end he's like, I'm on a diet. And then season three, we get Fat Rambo, AKA. (laughs) (laughs) He's going for like the Thomas Magnum look. He's watching Magnum PI at the beginning of the season. He then has the shirt. He's like, I'm Thomas Magnum this season. And that's what he's going for. And that's the whole vibe. But also, one thing I wanted to add, one thing I wanted to add is how at the beginning, when Joyce is helping him write the heart to heart. For Mike and Eleven, he tells her, "I'm the puppet. You're the master." And I'm like, "Ooh, ooh! Season oh my four. god! The <laughs> foreshadowing,
1: the Easter eggs. I just, you yeah. know what? I think season three is just it ran a marathon and won. Yeah. It won. It won that 10k. It won the marathon. It won, it won the mile. It, it won everything. the mile. It won everything. And I feel like it doesn't perhaps." And, you know this was what three years ago three and a half years ago um I don't know I just feel like it doesn't get the flowers that it deserves um half the time quite honestly and it, it's just such a well-balanced mm-hmm. season when again, once again I don't want to like it's we sound like a broken record sometimes describing
0: the show but- <laughs> <laughs> I mean a little biased I love it so I can't really say I will criticize it but I can't really say it's a bad show but maybe that's just my opinion. But also, it's just, it's there. It's in the writing. It's in the production design. It's in the casting. Mm. Shout out to Carmen Kuba. You you really doing this? Um. <laughs> she really went off.
1: No, I think but, it's that cast chemistry that we have. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just so We're good. We're a family. They they become a family at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, so we don't run a little too long. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to comment about Joyce and Jopper is that she was willing to stay for Hop. Oh yeah, And then, to be continued, because there's so much more Jopper to discuss in season four. <laughs> yes! But, you know, he was the only thing, uh, the only reason that she would have stayed for, and he was gone, and she was like, his, you know what, that's it. His death, I cry every time. I cried earlier. You saw my tear. A single yeah. tear. It was very dramatic. <laughs> I know. Tell it was me incredible. You're Leo, tell me earlier, without telling me you're Leo, aka Honestly. me sending a video of me crying.
1: <laughs> Just to Single, just a single, single tear
0: Rewatching Eleven read the letter he wrote of the heart to heart I mean just it's a great scene
1: it is the emotional impact that season three has as well because we have like these characters have been so endearing for three seasons three mm-hmm. consecutive seasons that having that season finale be as you know, despite it being such a large scale, this was probably like the longest season finale too. At up until that point, it was like oh, yeah. an hour and fifteen. This that was long. this
0: season invests in time, and then season four was like crank it up, <laughs> turn Shifts it to maximum overdrive. Metele <laughs> dembo,
1: like we okay, did with I our theme. Yep. So, yeah, I think season three, it really holds up. I think it is, it deserves its flowers. It, yes, it is, I think, the biggest of the first three seasons. And I think, honestly, still the biggest out of all the seasons so far. Um, Yes. And, in my opinion, I think season three will remain, even with season five, I would love to be proven wrong. I think season three will
0: remain the best, even when the show's over oh yeah i keep saying season one of course prime prime probably the best season but season three is my favorite it's good i will not go as far as calling it the best because every time i watch season one i'm like god damn it but season three is like up there for me it's my favorite it's I mean, favorite. we're, we're going to do one. a ranking.
1: We're going to do a ranking at the end of this series, yeah. um, which we hope that you guys have been following along yes. with. So anyway, so we have made it this far. You have some yes. questions.
0: Um, real quick. Women's roles in the season. I'm just going to spitball the notes we got um, for us. Season three really gives women agency. Yes. More agency, and it's about damn time. Nancy and Karen Wheeler, their conversation when they're talking about uh, how the Ooh. world beats you down and how mm-hmm. we see how Karen is like, I gave up, but you're not like that. You're a fighter. And she's like, mm-hmm. I get it from you, Mom. That was a touching moment. I'm glad we got oh, yeah. that. Because they set her up to be like this... She was about to cheat on her fa- on her husband and her like her family with. They set her finger. up to be this yeah. like
1: you know this dumb rich blonde desperate housewife. But she and has agency. She has. She has agency. She has dreams.
0: A she has hopes. She cares about her family. She cares about her children. And mm-hmm. then Joyce, which is the one we often see being the epitome of that, um, this season is more her being more outspoken and giving men a piece of her mind because. The previous seasons she's been just talked down out and everything mm-hmm. so it's nice to see how both times that she speaks up we get results mm-hmm. <laughs> do not patronize me you will get mm-hmm. the military here
1: now <laughs> dude
0: but, but she put the fear about... of
1: god in that and i quote glorified yes. secretary
0: <laughs> yes but it's also about joyce overcoming her trauma Yes. It's about these women overcoming their trauma in this Mm -hmm. heavily masculine environment, not only in Hawkins, but just like the state of the world in the 80s. Yeah. And how we're still seeing this today. (laughs) Uh, Fun. Uh, No, but But, you know what? I think
1: it is really cool to see that here, and I love to see that they are multidimensional. Yeah. And they're flawed, and we I love to see that there is like a sort of reverence to them and, and to how they yeah. they push the season. They propel Cause, the story forward.
0: Because we get Karen mm-hmm. having that moment. We get Nancy going against Lo Periodista, the journalist. Mm-hmm. We get Erica at the end yes. like, embracing being a nerd, and then it's not weird, and getting the yeah. Dungeons and Dragons kit and everything. We get um, Robin being honest about her sexuality with someone other than herself. Mm-hmm. So, it was a good season for the woman, I dare say. i Eleven, again, not... being just badass.
1: <laughs> That's the thing. And I love that, you know, Eleven could very, well, easily be painted as, like, this consistent badass and the one to always save the day. But Eleven doesn't actually, at the end of the day, save the day. This mm-hmm. is, like, the first season that she doesn't, like basically close the gate or kill the monster or anything it's I think her friends I it and so family much. it's the friends and family around her because again because mike mike is she's mike so is <laughs> she's but mike has a point on being protective of 11 because everyone does depend on her and they just yeah. kind of lean on And expects her to be this machine that just fixes the problem at the end of the day every single time. And Mike is like the one person that's trying to advocate for her in his own selfish way. um, Because he doesn't want to lose her. But
0: also it's just one of those things where he's like he's recognizing, hey, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. But Mm -hmm. also it's just him having to learn that he needs to let her have her own agency and test Mm -hmm. her own limits for herself. Even if that ends up hurting her, because she can't learn if she's just protected all the time. Exactly. But she has been for a long time. Yes. So, closing off before we go on a tangent. Yes. Um, some people argue that season three was grasping at straws. Would you agree? I think, after all that we've discussed, no.
1: <laughs> no.
0: And we'll we'll talk
1: about which season was grasping at straws a little bit, but (laughs) the only straw season three is grasping is the one
0: Alexi grasped to put in his little slurpee. That's my another comment. Additional commentary. Let's (laughs) Alexi's death. Alexi's death. Man. It always hurts me. It always hurts me. We got him for so little time. He was time. a he, very he,
1: endearing he, character.
0: He was. The actor was really good. I'm sorry I'm not remembering his name right now. Maybe you'll insert it later. Uh, apologies. apologies. But he was good. And yeah. just the whole, again, goes to the writing. Him watching the cartoon and then he has the plushie and that's how he dies. That's so sad. That's tragic. Yeah. But he was at least able to live a slice of life
1: he was he was able to live for a moment um even if it wasn't america
0: (laughs) yeah but uh the bounty hunter sylvester stallone meets dennis from spongebob yes brilliant (laughs) honestly perfect (laughs) no yeah and then i guess never-ending story annoying or not because a lot of people hated the scene but i loved it
1: I don't know. I feel like maybe I was a little bit, like, taken out of it um, the first time I saw it, but I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. hating it. Jesus Christ. It's not yeah. like they were doing – it's not like they suddenly did a musical number with choreography and everything. They were just singing. Yeah. And it lasted maybe 30 to 40 seconds. It was not – and there was a purpose to it. You know, as it you made it- sense. Yeah.
0: We were discussing this earlier, and as you said, for the people out there, It's camp.
1: It's deal with it. camp it's fun i mean have some fun man not everything is you know blood guts and glory sometimes you have blood guts and glory you know breathing down your neck but you got that. Sing. the title Never of the episode blood guts and glory yeah <laughs> it's that or alla, 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 alexi <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the that's the, the subtitle. subtitle yeah <laughs> which character was the standout for you this season
1: Oh, um,
0: hmm. Oddly enough, Nancy. Nancy with her guns. Pew pew.
1: <laughs> Nancy, as you know, re watching the series, I have taken more of an empathetic liking to Nancy because I don't really love. The rich girl characters who think the world revolves around them Mm -hmm. (laughs) not a huge fan but i feel like she does slowly grow out of it and she does make an effort to defy um that stereotype and and be her own person because she is one of the freaking bravest people of the group she's one of the, the most courageous characters out of all of stranger things Um, and I I respect her for it. She stands her ground. She really knows how to speak up for herself. She knows how to, she actually believes in herself. And Mm -hmm. again, Nancy tends to come through as well with saving, helping save the day because she does not believe in messing around. She does not believe in like, oh, you know she's not a Jonathan and that i think that's also like that conflict that friction that they had um this season was really really the catalyst um for how doomed their relationship is because Jonathan Jonathan waits Jonathan waits, Jonathan waits. Jonathan waits too much jo- Jonathan and Jim were both like you know even after everything that they've been through they both still doubt the women in their lives mhm a esta altura <laughs> have they been wrong yet no why are you still doubting them and, and i think that's really just kind of what has pushed both joyce and nancy forward as you know those very outspoken independent badass
0: bitches who's your standout <laughs> steve harrington <laughs> i'm sure harrington i know uh, i i mentioned him in the previous seasons i gave him his shout out but i think he's my standout in this one because i remember all of the fandom thinking he was gonna die this season true
1: the the signs were there
0: (laughs) clenching clenching the entire watch party i was like "Ooh, is he gonna die i'm not ready and then they killed hopper and i was like (gasps) gag (laughs) i was was like i have been i was was worrying about the wrong gentleman that happens. That's a theme for me. I was ro- yeah. worrying about the wrong gentleman because that happens in season four. It's a swerve. We'll get, we'll get into it. But Steve Harrington for me, season three, I think that's his season. I mean, him saying like, Todd father, Steve's her daddy now. And everyone in the fandom was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah.
1: And all the fanfics.
0: But also <laughs> when he saves everybody. He saves everybody from freaking Billy. Rides in like the freaking DeLorean. yo Yeah. yeah. He did that. He also, when he was high and surfing and just being a whole... Trying to understand Back to the Future while being high as fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I love I love that scene. <laughs> that scene of him and Robin, again, like, I love the, the dynamic um, that Dustin and Steve have. But the mm-hmm. dynamic between Steve and Robin also is just delicious because they are they are homies. They are bros and I and they look out for each other. They're loyal to each other and I just I love that. I love to see that.
0: I don't know. I it's just it's that good wholesome content. And then which character did you relate to the most this season?
1: Ooh, I related with L. L the most this season, which I don't remember. I think I, maybe I said that last season. No, I think I said Dustin last season, but I yes. I related to L this season because it was very much bringing me back to like my homeschooler era. and it's it's l like breaking finally you know breaking out of that mold of being completely sheltered for most of her life and and really just kind of seeing the you know a little bit of the world for the first time i was like i feel that sis i feel that and i love that for you so yeah i saw my a lot
0: of myself in 11 yeah for me it was robin i see that for you i love robin this season she just came in and i was like, "Yes," because <laughs> it was also that thing where I thought she was gonna be Steve's love interest. So of course, I was like, "I cool. mean, that was the
1: diversion. That was you know, they they had us thinking that, and then they but just even, gave us that that twist."
0: Yeah, but even then, with the twist, I absolutely still loved her because it gave her more mm-hmm. dimension. It made her a better character, and mm. it just made her human, which it is what she human. was from the beginning. And I just think she's great. I'm glad she's in season four. I think she adds so much to whatever scenes she's in. And props to Maya Huck. You're really doing the damn thing. And yeah, I relate a lot to Robin that in season three. I thought yeah, just her whole attitude and everything. Yeah. And, and again, like, yes, she's a nepotism baby, but she's like those few
1: nepotism babies that actually have the talent to back it the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Because she really, again, it, it, the charisma and the drama and just everything that she brings to the role and every scene is just, honestly, she gives, she gives Joe Kiri a run for his money in every scene oh, that yeah. they share. And I'm not saying Joe Keery's a bad actor by any means. It's just, wow. she really. I don't know. She just really shined. She really, really shined in this season.
0: Absolutely. But that is all. That's that all is for today, all for folks. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed. Where can they find you, Josie? You can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd.
1: And you can find me at Captain Melendez on Twitter and Letterboxd as well, and you can absolutely subscribe to Film Talk on YouTube. Be sure to hit the notifications button so that you are aware, made aware as soon as possible when our videos come up. And if you don't for some reason like watching us on YouTube, you can Follow us on Spotify and listen to us on any other podcast platform that you have on your phone. And follow us on Twitter at Film Talk and all that good jazz. What are you most looking forward to when rewatching season four? Eddie Munson let's go (laughs) (laughs) let's go (laughs) anyways if you're watching along with us let us know in the comments what was your favorite moment of season 3 who was your MVP of season 3 and what are you again most looking forward to in season 4 yes bye
0: (laughs) bye